Hey moms, welcome to this week's podcast. I'm Dorenda, your host. I'm also a wife to Daryl for 30 years and a homeschooling mom to eight kids ages 15 to 28. And I also happen to be a Nana to six. So before I dive in here, I want to let you know that I have several speaking engagements in 2020. I'll include a link in the podcast notes because I would love to meet you if you happen to live in any of the places that I will be visiting. But today, our oldest daughter, Brittany, is here joining me. We've been looking forward to this podcast, haven't we? Yes, we have. (laughs) Because, you know, if you've been listening to the other podcasts, we've done two others previous to this, sharing the story of Isaac uh, losing... Our grandson, Brittany's mm-hmm. oldest uh, child, to stillbirth six years ago, and just sort of the the process that we've gone through, the grieving, the healing, the redemption, and just seeing God's hand and His fingerprints all over it. If you haven't had a chance to listen to those, I encourage you to go back and listen, because it's not just about walking through stillbirth. It's about trusting in a God who meets us in the most difficult circumstances in the darkest places. There just is no place that we can go that he can't meet us there. Mm -hmm. And that is one thing, that was one of our big takeaways uh, from that experience. But today we're going to be sharing the amazing redemptive experience of Brittany's recent birth with Will, who is now four (laughs) months old. So we are excited about this story. So if you love a good birth story, this is where you want to be today, okay? Because everyone (laughs) loves a great birth story. And I can tell you today, you're not going to be disappointed. Um, But we want to give you just a little bit more of the backstory before we tell the specifics of the birth, because honestly, only God can plan something like this, Yes, right? Oh my goodness, the details. um, We're also going to be touching a little bit on PTSD, because I know I've talked about that in the other podcasts, that we would touch on that a bit. Um, I think Brittany was telling me earlier, she could probably do an entire podcast on PTSD, but I... Really? (laughs) Really, I could. I think just um, kind of focusing on some of the main things that she learned through all of this. And uh, because I really feel like there's a lot of people out there who suffer from PTSD. If it's not from a a labor that went, you know, south, um, it can be for so many other things, you know. Yeah, so many different things. Childhood things, traumas of the past. Um, You know, we've. I think by the time you get to a certain age, you, you've had at least one of those. <laughs> probably. You live in this world, probably. That's right. So this is why it's so important for us to understand the physiological effects. Mm-hmm. And uh, so we'll be talking about that a little bit more later on. So where we're going to start is kind of where we left off, which was you'd had Ella and you were kind of going through um, continuing that that grieving process because it seems like you revisit it a little bit. Uh, periodically, yeah, especially after a baby, uh-huh. and then you know, having two little, little, little ones, so then you've got sleep deprivation <laughs> two involved, too, not for the faint heart. <laughs> That's right. So, uh, we got to the point where, um, dad and I decided that we were going to move from Washington State, where we were all living at the time, to North Carolina. That is an that is a whole nother story, but I can tell you it was a god thing and a Several of our kids decided to go with us, including you guys. Mm-hmm. So yeah. 
we came in May and you planned to join us in September. So yes. You had a few months of just sort of like a lot of... We had a lot of time. A lot of time to sort <laughs> to of like... Move, you had but, to say goodbyes but and Yeah, just we wanted to of, make the most because it was really... We planned it nine months before we right. even went. We started kind of planning in January. Right, about the time we decided. You decided, but you didn't actually move until yes, September. and I will say, yeah. And it was for many, many reasons. But you know, Jacob, my husband, had always wanted to move back to South Carolina. And right. I wasn't quite on board, and then one night, I do remember one rainy evening, we went on a, a coffee date, we sat down, and I said, what do you think about moving to North Carolina? <laughs> Cal looked at me like, come again? I was like, I was just looking at, you know, houses out there, and all this, and right. mom, mom's been telling me more and more, and, and you've always wanted to move to South Carolina, and what about so a compromise? How about, how about North Carolina? <laughs> so it's close just, enough, right? So like kind of half joking, just looking into it, but then it became really a serious thing. Right, right. And we were like, I think we could do this, yeah. and uh, I think we this were, would be we really were good for us. <laughs> the more we thought about it, but yeah, nine months. So we wanted to make the most of that. Right. We visited people. We tried to see as many people before we moved because we had family and friends when over you lived your Washington. whole life in, yeah. in Washington State. So. And I had never visited the East oh, Coast. Oh, that was the other thing. Period. She moved here sight unseen, which I yeah. thought was a huge leap of faith for you. <laughs> uh, maybe. I mean, you all loved it. My husband loved it. Right. I figured most likely I, love it too. I was going to love it too. <laughs> we, we had originally planned a trip before I moved, but finances sort of prevented that um moving cross country is expensive right so we decided we'll be living there let's just let's just go and i was like right. okay okay yeah let's do this <laughs> so all that to yeah. say was kind of a anyway. build up mm-hmm. so we get close to when it's time to actually move and ella yeah. had been sick quite a bit yeah so um, this was september um again we were like figuring out how to pack how we were going to get you know all of us across the states flying and then jacob was going to come back for the truck and downsizing all of our things right and, and you were you were packing people. and so there was just a lot and going in the on. middle of this um my husband also like suffers from chronic migraines um and just and he was really having our time because just we had so much going on so he was struggling um, you were sleep deprived because ella was sick yeah you needed you are in your last weekend of packing and you were supposed to leave on tuesday yeah and so, so and then about three days before um I actually ended up having a seizure um, and having to go into the ER. And this is three days before we're supposed to move across the country. And and all this time we were thinking yes. the seizures were related to the C-sections, to right. the birth specifically. Right. So then when this came sort of out of the blue, we just, it was, it threw us all off. We were like, what is this? You it know? threw us off too. We were like, wow, this was different. Uh, I was not expecting that. And, you know, things had been a little stressful. We thought... And apparently that it was, apparently just didn't see it coming and it was, there was more going on than I thought. Right, and right. It was just really Your taking a bigger toll. Your body was just sort of shutting yeah. down. And it was interesting because you, you went into the hospital, obviously, and they, um, you know, yeah. said you were fine, so, everything was fine, mm-hmm. um, you could go home, and then Jacob explained you guys were flying across the country yeah. and all that, and they still gave the stamp of approval, said, said go yeah, ahead you're and fine. do it, you're, you're fine. fine to move still, so we were like, okay, I guess so, we're still going to do this. So, but all this is sort of like tucked in the back of your mind as you're going through all of this, so you get moved. Really, you kind of just have to tuck it in right. the back of your brain. You have to. You have to <laughs> compartmentalize, and so we did that, you mm-hmm. did that, and then, so we're going to fast forward, we're going to try to go quickly through the story, because we want to get to the really good 
(laughs) But what happened was um, you you got here, you settled, you put that in the back of your mind, you lived with us for a while, then you moved into your own place, and things kind of started to settle down. Yes. And I I know, yeah, you said, okay, the first thing I need to do is I need to go see a neurologist. Yes. I was very adamant, like, okay, we need to follow up on this because now this has happened and and it wasn't C-section related and... This is just concerning a little bit. And um, just, you know, having to recover from a big moves and all that. So we were able to get in, see the neurologist. He, you know, did some scans and tests and really just did everything. He said, there's there's nothing. There's really... Right. He's like, nothing is, right. is different or wrong. And I can't even recommend putting you on medications because that will do absolutely nothing. This right. is not epilepsy. This mm-hmm. is not... Even something he he even told I, mean, I was like is this is this PTSD he's like no I can't even really recommend you go see a therapist because I can tell like he's had enough experience he was right. like I can tell that none of that's going to help I his recommendation was make sure you sleep and you watch the stress level in your mm-hmm, life. Mm-hmm. Um, and just we'll follow up with you in six months. Right. And one thing I want to so. mention that we learned along the way since then is that um, our family has a, a genetic mutation called right. MTHFR, which is actually very, very common. Up to 50% of the population has it and may or may not know it. Yeah. And that what that is is it's um, it, it causes us to not be able to absorb B6 and B12, mm-hmm. correct? Um as well, we have to take it in a different form. Yeah. B vitamins and folate. So we have to have methylated. Oh, so that's B9, isn't it? I believe so. Anyway, a couple of the B vitamins. Yeah. All that to say, that's something uh, I would recommend if you have the opportunity to check. Um, do it because it affects pregnancies. It affects, yeah. um, you know, just because if you can't absorb those B vitamins, your baby, again, you're you're more risk for neurological well, And in my case, things. it was like my body did not have anything it needed to deal with any more stress. Any more stress. And we it know B vitamins drained. are absolutely crucial to yeah. deal with stress. So she wasn't getting, she was getting vitamins, but not the right kind. Yes. So yes. that is something we've learned since then too. So, mm-hmm. um, so we're going to kind of move forward here. You ended up going also to... Uh, UNC. Yeah. A few, uh, yeah. A few months later, I tell also... Tell them why you did that. We were thinking about having another baby, um, but my previous doctor had highly recommended consulting with a maternal fetal specialist, and I found a great one at UNC, and um, and they were great. We got all our records there, talked with her, sat down, and she was like, no, there's no reason this needs to... This wouldn't affect whether you can have more children or not. Right. And we were like, okay, we felt like we kind of got the green right. light. Green and light we, from neurologist and yes. The and we'd had the same discussion Toby. previously with the neurologist. We do want to have more children. Right. Um, is this going to be a problem? And he was like, absolutely not. Right. So we were like, okay. We felt like we really did. We had the green light. and Well, and I know that really um, was your gut feeling underneath it all. Yeah. You would express that to me, but you did your due diligence mm-hmm. and move forward with mm-hmm. doing these other things. And I think this is one thing we want the moms to hear in this podcast throughout the whole story is just this uh, balance of listening to the Lord and what is He speaking to your heart as a mom, whether that's about yeah. how you're going to birth a child, how you're going to homeschool, how you're going to take care of yourself. Yeah, and there really isn't any situation that's too complicated that He won't point you in the right direction. Exactly. But exactly. you do have to slow down and you have to be 
open to just about anything. You have to be open to his marching orders. Yes, and you have to not make assumptions right. about mm-hmm. anything. It would be very easy for you to jump on the fear factor there and just say, well, we're just not going to have any more kids. Yeah. You know, but the desire of your heart was to have more kids, and in your gut, you were feeling like, I think everything's fine, but let's do our due diligence. It was hard because I had to willingly be like, I've always wanted a big family, but I have to lay that before him and say, okay. Yeah, because there's time that's going on between all these appointments, and you're having to process, okay, what if, you know, for some reason I'm told no? What if, you know, what are we going to do with that? And Lord, prepare my heart for whatever you have. And so, yeah, basically just being open to wherever and trying to get your heart in that place where you're willing to go whatever direction points you. Exactly, to yield and to trust. And so um, you ended up having a uh, a pregnancy and a miscarriage. It was very early miscarriage. Yeah, so we... we That was like in August. Yeah, and after, yeah, after visiting with them and kind of getting the green light, um, yeah, we ended up actually miscarrying. And that was a little bit hard. I had always been like, okay, God, I've already... I've Down lost a baby. Birth. I really, maybe I just won't ever have a miscarriage. Can we just not? Yeah. And it happened. It was kind of like, okay. It's, it's funny because we make okay. these little deals with God. Like, okay. Well, again, you think you did the hard thing. Yes. So you're you're not going to get hit with something hard right. again. And that's just not the, quite the way. To, I am tempted to look at it that way. And that's not really how God's right. perspective. Exactly. This he is has about sanctifying. a purpose and a plan. And I do know that you walked through it um, I mean, obviously you grieved, but you were, it was not completely unsettling. I, yeah, it I, brought I, back some similar feelings, but it it wasn't as hard. And again, you can feel guilty about that. Right. You can, there's so many things you can go. Exactly. Anyway. But yeah. And so it was many just, things you can go down that guilt road also, on. But also, in yeah. a funny way, just really reaffirmed, yes, we, we do want to try right, again. We right. do want to have another baby. So we did. And we found out on our sixth anniversary that we were expecting William Mm -hmm. and um, it's a great anniversary present. (laughs) We were super excited. So your initial Mm -hmm. thoughts, okay, so now you're you're pregnant and, you know, obviously usually our initial thoughts once we've had a miscarriage is, okay, let's just get through the first six to eight weeks and then we'll think about the next thing, which, you know, at that point, once you know it's a keeper, you're you're kind of like, okay, now what are we thinking about the birth thing? And at the same time, I need to ask you, were you also... Uh, dealing with any pregnancy struggles, uh, worried at all about losing him at any other point, or is that was that really not on the forefront of your mind? I was a little concerned about possibly losing him because we'd just been through a miscarriage, right. and also just all the previous stresses we'd have in our life. I was like, okay, hopefully is my body nothing ready for this change with my body. Right. Can my body still handle this? Are we good? And and we were. Um, mm-hmm. It was just sort of taking it one day at a time because again, I still have two little ones at home. Right. Morning right. sickness. Right. All that fun stuff. So at some mm-hmm. point, you start to think about what the birth might look like, and as much as you would like to say, can we just do a complete do over, a complete right. reset, you move to a new state? Oh, well, you, you you know can't you just can't pretend those things didn't happen. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Your history is your history, and this is your story. You know, yeah. this is a story that God's written for you, and you have to take that and walk it out had, in this I scenario. I felt like I had to balance that tempered against, okay, I feel like I'm going to do things very differently this time. Right. I don't know what that's going to look like just yet. Yes, I remember <laughs> you saying that. I just, there's a lot of things that I need to think through. And I and I just know you did a lot of research along the way. Yeah. Um, so Tons. you... <laughs> 
Okay, so let's talk a little bit about the research you did um, and about kind of the process. We're going to try to go through this fairly quickly, but um, your first thing was a search for a midwife group. You just, you had a desire in your heart to try to have Will, not that you knew it was Will then, but, you know, to have this next baby vaginally. And everybody, I mean, there's a lot of people who would, who know your story, who, if they know your story, would be like, are you crazy? That's right. insane. Yeah. Why would you want to do you that? But there was nuts. something in her that, that God was almost whispering to you. to just Also, I had felt like there was something that had happened with those seizures after the C-sections that I just was like, I just, I have to try. Right. And, and so um, we also had, when we had discussed the seizures with the maternal fetal specialist, we also brought up having a VBAC, mm-hmm. which is a vaginal birth after cesarean. In this case, two cesareans. And um, they were, and UNC is a big research hospital. Um, they're pretty current on things and current recommendations from like ACOG and things right. like that. And um, it was amazing because the doctor and her, the resident she had with her also were like, yeah. You can totally do this. Mm-hmm. That's totally. Mm-hmm. And didn't your was okay. it your neurologist or them that said basically, uh, chances of you actually having a seizure during the labor were like nothing. I mean, like there was like no both, chance of both that. Of they them. both said that. The neurologist and so I was like, so okay. again, that was another like was green light. Things. Okay, it's not crazy to be thinking about. Yeah, this. Yeah, and it was funny because at first I was like, oh, should I even go into this or should I just plan a C-section? And I was. Talking and praying about it and talking with my husband. It's always, you know, discuss it with your husband because you both know your backstory. You walked through everything together. And mm-hmm. he was like, you need to talk to these doctors. You need to at least, you're going to you're gonna regret it if you don't, exactly. if you don't ask them. So I was like, okay, all right, we'll make well, the appointment. And he and was so good about taking time off. He'd take an entire day off because that's what it took because it was it did, a couple hours was away a each way. And he would take that time off. So that you could get your questions answered. Yes. And I love that. It was great. He And he didn't even question it. It just, we worked it out. And, uh, right. So, yeah, we came away from that. They said, yes, go for it. And we were like, okay. So they now, searched for a midwife group and yeah. found one that would take them. Uh-huh. And then... I had seen them previously right. follow up on my miscarriage. And that was actually where I learned that I had MTHFR. Okay. Um, uh, to a pretty high degree. Right. Um, and that... Uh, and yeah, yeah. There's certain codes, and yeah. if you and have certain combinations, and they said it did. They they checked it all out, and they said this didn't really cause your miscarriage, right. but you do have it, and it's something to be aware of because your body won't process folate or B vitamins, right? And that's not like the only need. thing. The other thing is that it has a hard time detoxifying. Yes. So if when you have toxins in your system, and this is why. Um, a child who has, or an adult who has MTHFR, should really, really seriously uh, do their research or avoid vaccinations. Right. So I just want to throw that out there because that's a great health tip right there that I think a lot of people don't know about. Right. Um, You're more likely to have vaccination reactions. Right. So... Anyway, and these, mid, these midwives, yeah, they were great, great um, health care. They would take care of me and answer all my questions. Right. And right. So then um, that was all great. But then at 14 weeks, you went to your appointment and they said, I'm sorry, we can't help you. Yeah. <laughs> all of, Out yeah. of the blue. <laughs> so, yeah, we had um, part of their protocol for a VBAC is, okay, you have to have, you can have the midwives in the hospital under the supervision of an OB. So part of this protocol is you go and do at least one visit with our OB doctor. 
because he's overseeing us oversee your birth. Right. And so I went to see him, and after all that, I, and uh, apparently it was recommended that basically basically they were not allowed to see it. And, and our state rules had changed as That's well. right. Something had changed, and they said, now it's not okay for us it's to see yeah. So basically, she was kind of just, you know, out. <laughs> Yeah, she yeah. ousted, you know. And, uh, so I, that that was a little tough to take because it it feels like you're back to square one again. You've somewhat been rejected now. Yeah, and and my so, husband was not super happy about it either. But it was just like, okay, this is this is for whatever reason God is pointing us right. this direction. So, so once so. you had a chance to sort of regroup, you're like, okay, this is not rejection. This is direction. So yeah. you contacted um, after that various doulas and midwives for information on which hospitals were most VBAC friendly because you still wanted to head this direction. Right, and I knew that the midwives and doulas would have the inside scoop on, okay, who will give you the best chance to have a natural birth after right. having a C-section. They they have a pulse on the hospitals and which ones are like, you know what, we, we are more open to this and ones that are not. Some will say that they are, but when it comes down to it, they are not. Right. And when you switch. get in there, that's when you find out, when you're in the middle of labor and all yeah. of a sudden they're wanting to intervene when uh, you're not comfortable with them intervening. So let's move on here. Um so you could see the doctor who oversaw the midwife group, but then you ended up not being comfortable with him. Right. Yeah. We and saw, why was that? Um, because it was a group of several obstetricians and only one was VBAC friendly. Okay. The rest were so not. The, so my the chances odds were against you. Were not right. that great. And so I was like, I, I think we can do a little better. Right. And so got so recommendations and I went to... You went back to UNC again yeah. mm-hmm. and they uh, seemed positive at your initial visit, but then... You realize as you talked with them further that there were more constraints. Yeah, yeah the more I talked with them, there was a lot of restrictions and rules about if they were going to let you do this, you needed to right. do A, B, and C. And and it was personally for me, I felt like um, I could still I could find another provider. I could right. I could do a little better. And it was hard because there was, I just had like a week or so of just inner turmoil where I was talking with my husband about, okay, I just, I feel like this isn't the place, but I don't know where else to look. I'm right. running out of options. But then you also said, um, I think somewhere along the way, kind of about this time, you were recognizing that there was some PTSD involved with hospital settings. Yes. And that and was And so part as of you're listening to these constraints that they're putting on you, you're realizing, I cannot relax under those circumstances. Yeah. And we all know relaxation is key to the, the labor moving forward. Right. Right. And, That's and huge. As so, they would list off these things, I would just find myself getting really tense. And and she's not even in labor. And kind of like <laughs> sirens kind of going off yes. in my head, imagining myself trying to go through these hoops for them. And and it was it was really hard. Yeah. And, and you know, anybody you talk to along the way who has any kind of, uh, you know, update on what you're doing. And even as a mom, I'm thinking, wow, we're just, this is a wild ride, you know? Now uh-huh. she's going, no, I'm not, I thought it was settled, and then it wasn't settled, and then I thought it was settled, and then it wasn't settled. And, and it was just... You know, and as a mom, I'm sitting back going, you know what? I I would talk to dad about it, and he would just be like, what is going on, you know? Because he's a guy, you know? They're just like, he, he and he's not... He's not the husband, you know, like when he, right, when right. we were walking through it, he and I, we were on the same page. He was in sync and all of that. And it, it's not the same when it's your daughter. Mm-hmm. So he's just getting little <laughs> bits and pieces and wondering what's going on. And I just look at him and say, look, 
She's got good instincts. I trust her ability to hear from the Lord. I trust Jacob's leadership, Mm -hmm. and he will take care of her. He will protect her to the ends of the earth. We can trust them on this, and he'd be like, "You're right." And 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 you know, as yeah. we're gonna about we're about to find out. Yes, that was and absolutely my true. Was wonderful the whole time too. Yeah, Jacob was, was great. so great about. Okay, you know, also thinking in his head. Okay, well, where are we going to go then? Because there's we're, we are we're running out of places. Right. But okay, well, you know, let's just pray about this and see where we land. Exactly. Um, so, so you decided not to go with them, and then you finally met with. Um, a midwife. Yeah, I met with a midwife. Um, I had been kind of stalking the ICANN website, local international cesarean awareness. Um, I'm gonna say network. Yeah, I'm it not is. sure. It is okay. its network. Yeah, they're basically just um, C sections, V backs, um, and it's you have a different chapter for every community. And so I was looking at the commu- the chapters for the cities closest to me. Hearing and just listening and hearing some of the women speak about the doctors they had seen that they really liked. Right, and right. Right now, who is really doing well with VBACs? And they dropped a few names, and I, I got a couple names and ran them past the midwife who was not able to see me anymore. And she's like, "Oh yeah, we've actually been referring a bunch of people there." And then, um, and my doula who I'd hired is kind of a. Just uh, she was a huge help because she knew right. the birth scene in in the state and I didn't and so she was like oh yeah I've had several clients there so I was like okay and she'd actually had a client who had had seizures and was having a VBAC didn't she already have that experience she'd had that experience you told yeah, me that yes yeah, and so like you that. were really like wow okay this woman has. She's had like, a lot of yes, a the big doula. variety. The yes. doula did. She yes. had a variety of experience. She was and so really she was good just asset. a really great, and she had a, was a great resource. She, she really was. So and I could shoot much. any question anytime. So yeah, we end up meeting with this midwife in uh, and um, in, she, a, in a town that was just a couple hours away, but yeah, still a couple hours yeah, away. Still a couple hours. <laughs> so drive. this means that when the time comes, we're going to be driving two hours to the hospital. So you have yes. to factor that into your planning. And so we meet with her. We loved her. It was like an answer to prayer. She was not fearful. She wanted to give me a fair shot and do everything she could to help. Mm-hmm. And I just felt like this was the person that right. God was pointing me to. This was great. She, but you know. So how many weeks along were you when that happened? I was. It was when I met with this midwife who was going to be our gal. Um, I was on the first day of my third trimester. <laughs> so this had been we weeks, months, yeah, month, months long journey. So. And I think what I love about this is just how the Lord just, you know, you don't know what direction He's going to take you, but every little nudge just eventually, when you look back, you can see how it brought you to this place that He wanted you to be. And I think think one thing that I want to stop and mention here is, um, you know, as a homeschooling mom, I'm sitting back and I'm thinking, okay, so what were the best skills uh, the most important <laughs> skills my daughter was using in these scenarios, okay? Critical thinking. Yeah. She's thinking for herself. She's not letting fear drive her. She's not letting um, bad surveys and statistics drive her. She's <laughs> understanding that those things can be skewed and what are the resources that right. where uh, these tests and these studies are coming from. Are they going to be biased? Um, she's feeling things out with her own uh, spirit, with the spirit that the Lord's given her. So we want to teach our kids uh, to learn to hear from the Lord and to be able to make decisions that 
maybe you're outside the box, yeah. you know, mm-hmm. um, and not be afraid of that. Um, so I'm seeing all of this, and I and I'm seeing how you um, did your resor- research. You were resourceful. You were yeah. digging and digging and digging further, uh-huh. and you just kind of kept taking it to the nth degree. These are the things we want our kids to know because this is real life stuff, you know, having babies and making health decisions and birth decisions and decisions for our families. um, That's where we need to have these kinds of skills. Uh And it it can be a little difficult, especially when you're talking about birth and you're meeting with professionals. They're not used to somebody who can think for themselves to yes, be honest it's true and so they're used to being the ones that tell you what to do yeah and now there are times that that can be super helpful mm-hmm. but i for think sure. most of the time it ends up being an obstacle now you know I'm, we're not telling everybody to you know question not go to the hospital right. no not you know but take the time to listen to the lord's voice that's our point in all of this like god is going to give you direction for your specific situation no matter what it is no matter how complicated it is because mm-hmm. clearly we were in a complicated situation <laughs> and yeah. and god is faithful it's not complicated to no. him no and, <laughs> and he just he made some things just very clear that kind of helped guide us through everything and it just sort of was an umbrella over all of it and it was just no fear. Right. No fear. There Don't make any be, decisions out of fear. Right. And it was like he just constantly kept asking. It was right. like I felt he kept putting out my heart. What would you do if there was no fear involved? Right. What would you do if fear wasn't a factor yes. here? Yes. And also just um, the whole time we're walking through all this, um, constantly going back to studying studying him mm-hmm. and trying to know God better on a deeper level because I felt like that was... My number one way to keep fear at bay, keep it out of the equation. That makes perfect sense because if you have an accurate view of who God is, when you're faced with decisions, should I do this or should I do this, it's going to help clarify. It's like putting glasses on that help you see more clearly, okay, this is more about, this is more like what God, who God is. Right. And I, was I like, can I don't feel want his this... presence in this scenario. Right. And just that, you know, this has to be about something bigger than birth. Okay. Mm-hmm. This isn't just about where this baby's going to be born. Exactly. Or my PTSD. This right. is so much bigger and I need to make sure I'm having takeaways that are going to help me the rest of my life. Life, not that when this is all over, that's it. Right. You know, I, there all are the lessons, lessons learned here. ended when the birth was over. It, it That isn't really what right. was going on. And so in the middle of this, it was just a constant, okay, no fear. There, you know, I was just, I'd been so done with fear at that mm-hmm. point. And also just, I remember going through, you know, wondering, okay, is it this doctor or this one? And, and Lord, please help me because this is, this is so hard. And there's so many questions and, I could think I'm making the right decision. And then when I actually am in labor, really regret that. Right. Um, you had told me, you know, you you would tour these places of birth and yeah. and you would say, I just can't picture myself giving birth there. And not only that, and, and then sometimes I would literally kind of start having an anxiety mm-hmm. or a panic attack because, because of my hus- memories associated right. with that smell, that atmosphere things that had happened in the past that were just really difficult. Mm-hmm. And none of your births, there was some sort of trauma surrounding every single birth up to this point. Right. And and so and the was, hospital was a part of that, that right, scenario. The atmosphere. Yeah, and, the smells. And the, just yeah. everything. And um, it felt like in the middle of this, God was just going, you know what? 
you just, you know, keep turning to me. And basically that, you know, um, I think I was going, and while we're doing this, I'm going through a series by Nancy Lee DeMoss, The Wonder of His Name, and um, the 32 life-changing names of Jesus. And basically one of those in the middle of all this was Captain. And, um, you know, basically kind of referring to God as our captain Mm. and that, you know, are we taking orders from him or are we trying to push our agenda on Mm. onto him? Mm -hmm. And and I was like, okay, this needs to be about. All right, God, just point me where you want me to go. Um, And I've ran across something really wonderful that she mentioned in this podcast, and it was by Charles Spurgeon. Um, He says, Therefore, cast yourselves on your captain's care. March onward, though you cannot see your way. Fly at the enemy, though they seem to outnumber you ten to one. For greater is he that is for you than all that can be against you. Be not afraid of anything, for your captain is equal to all emergencies. Mm. And that just really stuck with me. And and right. about, you know, a third, halfway through this, I went, okay, God, where do you want us to go? What right. are your marching orders? And we will just go that direction full throttle. Right. No fear. <laughs> I love that. And, you know, I think that you, you had peace with that one particular um, caregiver in, um, in that town a couple hours away. But there was also something else stirring inside of you, and that was mm-hmm. wanting, wondering yeah. about home birth. What in the back of my mind? Yeah. yeah, just going. What about home birth, and why not home birth? And is it really as dangerous as everybody right. says? So you took off on a real uh, research uh-huh um, yeah hunt with that and it was like I was like okay I found I finally found this provider okay obviously you know right or planning to go to a hospital but it was really funny and the more I prayed about it it was almost like just this bit of a struggle where I kind of just wanted to put it on the back burner okay let's let's see if we can have this baby naturally and and then maybe we'll try for a home birth on the next one and my husband was husband was in an agreement and but I kind of kept coming back to him and back to our doula with I don't know why I just I was like, can I, I just have this niggling feeling in the back of my head of just, you know, I need to at least look into this. And my doula was like super supportive. She's like, you know, here, here's a few people you can talk to about this locally and run it by them. Um, And again, she's like, it's still not too late if you want to. And, and the, and I kind of put it off for a while because I was finally found the provider we thought we were going to go with. And, um, yeah, anyway. So you, you tell us, yeah. what are a few things that you learned about home birth and the risks that you faced? You know, a lot of times they talk about um, uterine rupture. They will use that a lot. For me back, um, yes. And can I just say, this is a whole other story, and I will not tell the whole story, but I will say I've had eight C-sections, and on the 7th, mm-hmm. we tried for a home birth. So that didn't happen, but... Um, I can tell you uh, that uh, my uterus looked great on number eight when I when I <laughs> delivered. I can tell you that. Yes, um, that's a whole other story. But my point is that God can keep that. He can keep you. He can <laughs> He can keep your um, your body. He can take care of it. The uterus was was made to heal. Not everyone's heals the same. I'm not, you know, I tell people I had eight C-sections. I would not recommend <laughs> it. But it is whatever, what it, for whatever reason, that's what God had for us. Oh. Um, and 
I think it's important for us to understand uh, that there are studies out there, but a lot of them are skewed, um, not in favor of the mother, not in favor of um, not intervening. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And as I, well, I, I hear a lot that, you know, pregnancy is not a disease, Agreed. you know, yeah. it's a condition. It's, it's a natural thing that's been happening for years. Yes, sometimes we need intervention, but yes. a lot less than what is happening currently. So tell us a few things that you learned. Um, we were going to share a website in the podcast notes of one of the doctors that she saw that is very VBAC friendly and has a lot of really good information. Yeah, yeah. So we'll share that in the podcast note. Yeah, um, I think, gosh, it was just, it was months of studying. Like every day during my kids' nap times, I would squeeze in just research on all the protocols they were wanting me to do, all the all the statistics on having a natural birth after two C-sections and um, and stillbirth and some things like that because I had that in the back of my brain as well. Um, I think the two things that actually kind of surprised me the most as I was reading through um, studies and um, things like that was, uh, well, first of all, um, actually that the U.S. has... Uh, one of the worst uh, maternal mortality rates for um, the develop all in all the developed countries. Wow! And it's actually been going up. We're losing actually losing more, more moms. moms. That's the point. Yeah. Wow! And um, that was kind of a shocker. I ran across it and I was like, "What?" So dug into it more in the studies and World Health Organization and the CDC. They conduct these surveys of, you know. How many moms and babies are we losing? We're losing more moms. And they said that a lot of that is, there's several factors. One of those, though, is more C-sections because of the complications. Right. And I was like, well, that's kind of interesting. Okay. It kind of opened my eyes a little bit. The other thing was... um, Well, it's interesting because intervention more often leads to C-sections. Right, um, or more interventions. More interventions, right. And so that that's really interesting yeah. because they're, they're, they're very quick to intervene. Yeah. And I think uh, sometimes we, lo- we lose a lot in that uh, yeah. process. So and it's, yeah. The, what's the other uh, thing? The second thing was um, actually that um, basically in the United States, um, there's this turnaround of, okay, this has been proven, this evidence um, has been proven. We need to change the protocol in our hospitals because this is what the research says. Yeah. That, for instance. For instance, water birth. Um, you know, a lot of, like, there's been a big thing in hospitals where you don't deliver in water. Right. They're actually finding out that it's totally safe to deliver the baby in water um, more and more, and that's a safe thing to do. Um, and so hopefully we'll see a change in But it's not going to happen for a while. Right, because the turnaround from evidence to actually being put into practice is an average of 15 to 20 years. 15 average, to 20, did you hear that, guys? 15 to 20 years. So yeah. when they prove that right. this is you know not safe and this absolutely is safe, it's going to take 15 to 20 years for them to actually put that into practice, which means we mm-hmm. need to be our own advocate yes. when it comes to our births and when it comes we to our to healthcare in general. Because but, this is the system we're dealing with. Right. We have a high rate of maternal deaths. We have a very slow turnaround for evidence to be put into practice. Um, and I think we kind of assume because we're the most expensive healthcare system in the world that we maybe are the best. 
but we're not. Right. And just that was huge for me. I was like, okay, I do need to be an advocate because there are some very wrong things happening. We're losing less moms than Canada. Right. You know, we're losing less moms than all of our other European Losing more moms? We're losing more moms. Yes. Excuse me. More moms than all of our other European friends over here. Right. Um, and which, if you know on? anything about what's going on in Europe, they really encourage home birth. They do. Big time. They do. Big time. And their uh, their maternal mortality rate is... Is steadily improving. Steadily improving. Wow. All right. So we're going to just stop for just a second and touch briefly on PTSD. So there was... Uh, just mention a couple of things that you learned. I think uh, I know that you shared this with me, and that was you know just the whole hospital scene, being tied up to an IV, yeah, um, having to sit on a bed, not having the freedom to walk around, having nurses coming in and out, and not knowing whether they're going to be friendly or they're going to try to push something or they're going to want or something doctors, from you or doctors. I just, I mean, some are fantastic and mm-hmm. some are just quite frankly, they should get a different job. That's how I feel. I have <laughs> yeah, run and, into these people and this in is the our hospital. Fourth, this is our fourth baby. So we do, we've had our fair share already of great nurses and not so many I nurses. I think what I really, really hate, and we talked about this earlier, is just the lack of respect towards parents in general, whether yeah. it's giving birth, whether it's deciding what's best for their child when it comes to their child's health or their education. There is such a lack of respect. And parents mm-hmm. were meant to make these decisions. God placed them in that position. Positionally, it is their right and their privilege to make these decisions. Yeah. Understand that, moms. This is your right and your privilege. Yes, it is also your responsibility, which means you have to do your homework and you need to listen to the Lord. You need to listen for His voice. But don't be afraid to do something that God is leading you to do. Understand He is going to protect you. He's going to watch over you. He's going to lead you and guide you. So Right. And you'll be where you need to be at that time. Exactly. You know, and just, yeah, basically. Okay. Yeah. So we need to move forward because we really need to get to this birth story here. Yeah. Um, so um, what, what was the PTSD, the couple PTSD things? Well, you... with PTSD, um, it is, it's a hard thing to tackle from a Christian perspective because there's not a whole lot out there. Right. That is uh, Christ-centered ways to handle PTSD. There's a lot of... Um, you know, psychological mumbo jumbo. Um, and as a Christian, you were telling me that you can feel like you did something wrong. Yeah. If you finally get to the point where you recognize and embrace the fact that, yeah, I might have some PTSD. All of a sudden, as a Christian, it's easy to feel condemnation. Like you were saying, maybe you did something wrong in the grieving process. That Yeah, it was like this, basically kind of these two things at odds of, okay, um, you know, We've been through something difficult. Yes, it's changed me. And then the second thing of, you know, God is the healer. He's the redeemer. Um, Those two things can sometimes be at odds because you're like, okay, I, you know, feel like we we were careful to try to walk through this well. I wanted to walk through this well. But I am a very different person because of this. Mm -hmm. And so how can I be walking through this well and walking through this with God, but still be such a different person and have things affect me so differently. Right. And did and I have do these certain wrong? triggers? And have these triggers where, you know, something just sets off the 
little sirens in the back of my head um, mm-hmm. at like the drop of a hat. And I was dealing with a lot of that being in and out of the hospital atmosphere, right, right. being on the and labor trying and delivery to make all these decisions. It was like really forced me to kind of come head to head, toe to toe with what does PTSD and God look like together combined? Okay. So tell us, what does that look um, like together? I feel like it was, um, first of all, it you know, because I was a believer, you know, knowing that um, this whole PTSD thing wasn't dependent on me fixing myself or having all my ducks in a row. Right. You know, um, basically it was about his work in my life. He's going to use this. As his way to work in my life. Right. Um, and, yeah. You were living in a fallen world, and right. that affects us. But God takes it, and he uses it to sanctify us. He uses us. And that is, uses it to weave this beautiful story together. His plan is so much bigger yes. than all that. It's so much bigger than what we're dealing with right now, and he has a beautiful plan in mm-hmm, this. Mm-hmm. And um, I think one of the yeah. things you said is that it's his tool to work in your life. Um, and, and don't settle into living in a fallen world and just um, living f- right. with less, but recognizing that you live in a fallen world and allow him to use it. In other words, you're yielding to this plan that he has and the story that he's telling, uh, that he's writing through your life. And you're saying... There can be healing, but you will be a different person. You can't not be a different person. So right, and I and I, I wrote a few things while I was working through this because mm-hmm. I'm like, how can I struggle with all this stuff but still have worked through my grief well? Right, <laughs> that just seemed really okay. Um, one of the sure. things I remember um, I was writing was at that time was that um, I can realizing that. The beauty of Christianity, as opposed to all other religions, is that we can actually embrace being broken mm. because it's not about us, right? Um, and we don't stay there. And our and but, our faith is about grace, right? Our salvation is about grace. Our redemption is about grace. And I I journaled that a little bit at the time. It was just going you know, of realizing I can be totally at peace with being broken and imperfect. I can rest in the knowledge that he is so much bigger and that his plan for my life cannot be thwarted by any brokenness, hardship, or grief Mm -hmm. that a really difficult world can throw my way. As As Christians, we can handle being broken because we know that it leads to healing. And that there's hope on the other side. Mm. And we know as we struggle in the middle of it that we are held and loved beyond comprehension by that same very good and very great God. Mm. I love that. Being held. So that has nothing to do with us picking ourselves up by our bootstraps. It's really about yielding mm-hmm. and resting and, and it trusting. Was, it was such a, it was, it's a very exhausting process if you're <laughs> pregnant and you have two little children. <laughs> And I remember imagine. just constantly going back to that verse, I think it's in Isaiah, about he gently leads those, those who are with yes. young. Amen. And realizing, okay, first of all, that doesn't mean it's going to be easy. Right. We may be going at a snail's pace, but he's walking with me. Right. He's not pushing me. Right. He's, he's not, not driving me. you or jerking he's you He's walking forward. with me, and he is going to go as slow as I need to. Right. And he's going to be right there. And, and also just recognizing, you know what, after a while, the research stops. Right. We I remember that. You got to that point and you're like, I'm done. I'm done. I'm not doing anything. I have read enough. I am only, I am a mere mortal. I cannot contain this. Yes. Any more she information came to in her head. <laughs> and you know, that was enough because let's tell this birth story. Okay. Yeah. So okay. Uh, one so, of your triggers, uh, you felt like 
at least with Nate, was you didn't want to go overdue, right? That was a yes. big deal to you. So now we're heading into a uh, potentially vaginal birth and potentially yes. going overdue. One of your prayers was that God would not let you go as far as 10 days overdue because that's when you lost Isaac. Yes. Okay, and so that was a that was one prayer request. Yeah, and I remember towards the end really just feeling a lot, thinking it, praying a lot, and I felt like God was like asking me to pray for things specifically. Okay. Like he wanted me to be ridiculous okay. with the stuff I Can asked Can you share for. some of those things? Um, like, like, just I, a few. Um, like, okay, for me, a huge trigger was, is being hooked up to a fetal monitor because as a lost mom, a mom who's lost a baby before, all I listen for is the heartbeat. I don't focus on labor. I am just listening to that baby's heartbeat. Right. It completely detracts Which me. is what happened with Nate and it was, made it a very difficult it birth. It did. And, and, labor. And, um, again, I was just praying that somehow I would just not have to deal with that. Right. Um, and that I could, but that required me to kind of free fall and go, okay, God, I'm trusting this baby to right. you. I'm not going to be <laughs> listening. We're not going to be monitoring is yeah. what you were hoping for. But you were thinking, go to the hospital. You're going to have to tell these people that you don't want right. constant Right. My husband monitoring. and I are kind of preparing to do right. battle at so the same time you as said, we're having a baby. <laughs> right. So you, did, you, you described it to me as like this defense is that what it yeah, was yeah it was yeah. it was a defense for us and my husband knew what to do the doula was there to help us as well and remind us that we had options because when we're in that setting we knew we would feel fearful okay and like we just needed it and we weren't gonna think completely clearly so we right. needed an advocate right on our side right. who who hadn't walked through everything we'd walked through who could be like okay you have choices. Right. You can ask these people to leave, <laughs> you know. Right. You but again, that charge. would be so uncomfortable. So yeah. tell us, was there another thing that you prayed for? Um, that the baby would just come quickly and easily, and it would be a very straightforward birth. Right. Which has never happened to me. Right. <laughs> Like, well, that okay. was a ridiculous request. I was like, ridiculous, <laughs> completely okay. audacious request. Um, that it would just be... The baby would just do so well the entire time. He would be totally fine. Mm -hmm. And that, um, gosh, I'm trying to think. And well, and the other thing that sort of threw this a little bit was that it was another boy. Yeah. And at any time, yeah. Yeah, she said this in a previous podcast, when she's pregnant with a boy, it's a little bit harder because Isaac was a boy. It is. There's so, just some things that okay. yeah, I have to work through. All right. Um, so I'm, these moms are probably dying to hear the story. So let's just okay. get into it here. Yeah. So I'm trying to think, where do we even Okay. Well, I can tell you, well, I mean, you, you had like little, little spurts of labor during this one week. And it was right around or just, yeah. it was right around uh, his due date. Okay, I'm trying um, to think. I, I think it kind of started when I had, like, a 40-week checkup right. with my midwife. And, um, and you know, having had a stillbirth, it looks bad on paper when you go into doctor's offices. Right. And I had had to work through some stuff so that I d it didn't affect me when right. the provider is disturbed right. about this. That, right. you know, And your provider concerned. was willing to wait, which right. was great. Right. I was looking for somebody who wouldn't respond out of fear. Right. I found somebody. Um, but also she had to be careful and take her precautions. Exactly. Exactly. And I agreed. Um, but at this time, I was talking with my husband and, you know, we're at 40 weeks. Okay. And they're wanting to do, you know, certain tests and things. And I, I wasn't ready to do that yet. Right. I wasn't ready to go like down non -stress the Like non-stress tests. Yeah. And you did a lot of those with Nate. Yeah. And I was like, I just I just need to just be until this baby decides to come. Right. And and it was great because I felt like God was just speaking to both of our hearts, my husband and I, that 
we didn't need to let any dark or fearful response of others, nurses, doctors, anyone, determine what our response was going to be mm. or what our obedience to what he was calling us mm. was going to be. Right. That was huge. Mm-hmm. It was just those last few weeks of, okay, no matter what happens, we are not going to let the fear of others determine our obedience to what we feel God is calling us to do. Right. So 40-week appointment, they want me to do tests. They had me scheduled for tests, and I said no. Mm-hmm. And they were like, it's just only going to take an hour. No, we're not going to do that today. It just firm. You can just be kind, be, but yep, firm. Absolutely. Um, and so just like, no. And, you know, she, and they're like, okay, they respected that. And, um, and I wasn't overdue at the time. So right. I felt like I just needed to trust him. And we came away from that appointment. And of course I, you know, I get home and I'm like, trying not to get stressed. I exercised really hard because I just needed to get the stress right. off, you know, right. and then things kind of settled down. And, um, you know, all the while, you know, off and on, you get contractions. Here yeah, and you would there. have like little spurts of a few hours. I was where seeing they were... a chiropractor at the time, um, off and on, and I'd go for an adjustment and I'd have a spurt of contractions, right, right. you know, and then it would fizzle out. So um, let's fast forward. Um, that was just for several days, off and on. Yeah. Not yeah. It wasn't even that long. And then uh, it was like the 4th of July. We had, it ended up being rainy, so we didn't really end up doing anything. We might have gone to the parade or whatever. Yeah, and I remember um, we went to the parade. And that's we, when we decided, uh, yeah. At that point, we were like, you were, you were like, you know what? I, I think if you could just take the kids for a while, yeah, it was a couple a of nights or something. The weekend was coming that up. Would be great. I said, yeah, we're, we can take the kids, no problem. We'll just keep them for however long you need us to. Yeah. So, um, <laughs> so which gave me some time to kind of relax. Think that was on the fifth of July that you dropped. No, you came by to see of, the kids. It was, yeah, 4th of July, they spent the night. And then the 5th, you came over for a little while. It was yeah. later in the day. Jacob, um, I had, well, the night of 4th of July, I actually had, I kept waking up every hour with one ginormous contraction mm. that I would have to, like, kind of breathe through, and then nothing would happen, and I'd be like, okay, well, I'm getting some sleep, because if anything does happen by morning or this ramps up, I want to be rested. Right, right. So go back to sleep, wake up an hour later with another one, all night long. And um, so, and then in the morning... That sort of subsided. It kind of subsided, and my husband decided to stay home from work. It was a Friday. Mm-hmm. So he decided, I'm just going to stay home, and we'll just take walks. We'll hang out. The kids are at grandparents' house. We might as well take advantage right. of some time to just sort of it was basically like a big date day basically and then you guys came by later in the day yeah we went out to breakfast at cracker barrel that morning i was having contractions and then later on in the day i'm like i kind of want to see my kids i feel like i just need to kind of be around them but there was nothing regular nothing no obvious going on so you came over and hung out with us for a little while yeah and i just remember every now and then you would like put yourself in some strange position like off the I end was, of the bed right i would hang off of and stuff because sh- of grimace and of, you were looking at me going i don't know if i just don't remember how hard these were or if like, these are actually really hard like it's kind of getting my attention but I and i'm looking at her talk. face and i'm thinking these are pretty good contractions but you know who knows it could peter out we don't know right so you went on your merry way so you yeah. have to start heading home you so, stop at the Chick-fil-A. yeah we, we were <laughs> hanging out with mom and the kids and that must have kind of gotten the oxytocin going or something because we get to chick-fil-a we're like let's just get our dinner real quick and at chick-fil-a and um jacob's like why don't you just at least call the doula let her know okay this is going on she's like all right, so then uh, he, we ordered dinner, and Jacob went inside to go get it, and I just sat in the car and just had this 
huge contraction that hurt so bad. I was like in tears and I was like, okay, that's new. <laughs> call we, the haven't, doula. we haven't made it to tears you know, yet. It's like 645 <laughs> in the evening or something now. I call the doula up. Hey, I just had this one really painful contraction. I feel like my body keeps trying to start and nothing's going on. What What do I do? So she's like, okay, here's some things from spinningbabies.com, which right. is all about positioning the baby in a good, mm-hmm. in an optimal spot for Yeah, because labor. after Nate's Because uh, Nate thing. got stuck and I was right. sort of had that in the back of my mind. I was like, okay. She's like, here's some stuff. Um, call me when you get home and we'll walk you through it. And right. I was like, okay, great. Jacob... And I was like, Jacob, please just get the food and get out here. And so he's in Chick-fil-A. He's like, hey, um, my wife's kind of laboring and stuff in the car, so could we kind of, like, speed this up? And <laughs> get a move on And here. my brother works at Chick-fil-A, and they're <laughs> like, hey, Luke, hurry up back there with that salad. <laughs> it's my pleasure. Goes in together. He's like, we got a woman in labor. Can you please hurry? <laughs> I was like, oh, gosh. Gets the salad, gets out there. We're driving home. We're like, should we stop at Walmart? Nah, let's just go home. I'm tired. Let's just go home. Right. We get in the door, and it was like, okay, I relaxed a little bit. And the contractions are kind of sticking around, and I was like, okay, we're talking with the midwife, and um, Jacob's helping me with some of this stuff, and I'm all like, oh, you're not, are you doing it right? Because I don't want him to get in a weird spot, and I'm all tense about, are we going to the hospital or not? And I just start feeling just anxious. Right. And Jacob's, and so Jacob starts going ahead and packing up the car. and Because the doula was saying, um, yeah, yeah. watch these for about an hour, and if they're regular, go yeah. on in. Yeah, it's like, go, time them for an hour, and if they pick up and they're regular, go ahead and start heading down the t- two-and-a-half drive to the hospital. And so I was like, okay, well, you know, we're timing them, and I'm like, wow, these are kind of hard to work through, and... Um, and they, it was funny. You see, yeah, they just sort of picked up, and this is 7.15. We started timing contractions. And then about 7.45, you know, we're, it still hasn't been an hour yet, um, I was like, this is getting really intense. I'm, I'm needing Jacob to lean on, and, um, and, and he's trying to help me unpack the car. And then... I was like, huh, I don't know. And so I just kind of took a minute and I kind of found a position to s- sit in where I could just kind of think. And I was like, okay, I'm shaky. I'm feeling nauseous. <laughs> These are, I, I, and if I hadn't been in labor before, I'm like, this feels a lot like transition, the phase right before you kind of get to pushing. Right. And just something inside of me just was like, no, no, we're not going anywhere. So you're ready. <laughs> so Jacob's packing the car. Yeah. You head out there and you stop and you say, uh, I'm still in the house and I, I'm not going to make it. Yeah, he comes in the door and I go, Hun, I don't think we're going to make it. I'm feeling sick. I'm feeling shaky. And then you're These thinking, really I don't want to have this baby on the side of the road I in a minivan. <laughs> I looked at him and I said, I literally can't even see myself getting in the car and doing this. I right. cannot do it. So he said, He looks at me, he goes, Okay, well, your gut feelings never steered us wrong, so I'm going to go unpack the car. <laughs> so he and, unpacks the car, and he calls. And fills up the tub. We had right. filled it up a little bit and, and because I was going to try to get comfortable in there, but they were too intense. And uh, so I said, can you just fill up the tub the rest of the way? I'm going to sit there. Maybe I can slow this down. Right. Sit in there, and he's like, okay, it's fine. And, and I'm thinking to myself, if this takes another four hours, I'm going to be so mad because we could have made it. But whatever. I just feel like God's telling me, don't go anywhere. So then at yeah. one point, Jacob calls the EMTs. He calls... Well, here's what happens. Okay. Before he called the EMTs, I'm in the tub. He's on the phone with our doula. 
And um, I said, you know, call the doula and have her call the home birth midwife. I talked to a few weeks back about home birth. She at least knows our story. Right. <laughs> and uh, and they're like, okay. So he's talking with her. And uh, I get in the tub. And while he's doing that, I'm, I'm, on, I'm on the phone with the doula. And she's kind of just talking with me. And, um, or no, sorry, he had our phone. So he was making phone calls. They were calling him. They couldn't get a hold of the midwife, but they didn't tell me that. <laughs> They're like, she's on her way. <laughs> Jacob's like, I am not telling her that. I'm in the tub and we filled it up more with hot, more hot water. And literally within like 10 minutes, we hear a pop and my water broke. Oh, that was the other thing. <laughs> she didn't want her water to break till the end. That yeah, was one of the Yeah, I had prayed that my water bag would not break because that was kind of a trigger for me. Right. Um, and so it broke, and I see, you know, Vernix in the water. I'm like, oh, things are going to get real now. Things are going to get real now. Okay. And I was like, this is happening. And so, and the doula's like, add more hot water. You need plenty of water in there. And and I'm still timing contractions. <laughs> I'm weird that way. I like need a task. Gave you a focus. And I, I kind of throw my phone at Jacob. I don't need this. Why am I doing this? He's like, I don't know. <laughs> He's like, anyway, they're on their way, but they're realizing that things are moving fast. And she's, and my jewel is asking me, can you see how dilated you are? And I'm thinking, no, I'm like pushing. <laughs> and uh, she was like, okay. I was like, the head is like right there. Right. And, and yeah. the EMTs were on their way. Well, yeah. And at that point, the jewel is like, you should call the EMTs because he's going to be here really soon. And you're going to want someone. So Jacob's on the phone with the doula on my phone, the EMTs on his phone. The midwife is trying to find the midwife and the doula are trying to find their way through. It was it is storming lightning, outside. Lightning, thunder. If While you know anything about a Carolina or Southern summer storm, we had storm, a classic hot summer it storm was going on. Crazy. And the lightning is cracking around the house. Yeah, yeah. There's brand. <laughs> it's like, pouring down rain. And my doula's driving through all this yeah. from an hour away and talking and to ta- you on the and phone, coaching me. <laughs> While dealing with all this, and then, yeah, and so I'm in there, and uh, Jacob's on with the EMTs. They're trying to find our place. You're having trouble because you live out in the country. You don't have street lights, Right, and it's very dark. Um, And then, uh, so I'm just in there, you know, resting in between, and then just feeling very pushy. And And so (laughs) Jacob's goes... Heads yeah. to the door because he's feeling like the EMTs might be lost right. and he might need to wave them he down, which was sure. exactly what was happening. Right. They couldn't find us. And um, later on, they said there was a huge flash of lightning and, whoa, there's the house. Okay, <laughs> we found you. Um, and they saw Jacob waving him down. Um, and meanwhile, I'm in our bathroom, in the bathtub, alone, <laughs> while Jacob's trying to figure that out. And it, and it wasn't terrible though there it was it was okay there was peace there was peace and it was like this you know what I can do this but I have to keep my head on right I have to keep it together right and you know just like like God created the scenario where you had to focus because no one else was there and at one point in between contractions I heard the doula telling Jacob how high is the water the water needs to be high enough so that the baby goes into the water and doesn't hit air and then go into the water He was like, okay, so he fills it up more. I was like, okay, baby needs to go into the water. I got that. She that made was a all mental that note. I heard. And, you know, and from my previous births where I'd had an, um, my best friend, one of my best friends as a doula, I could literally kind of rehear everything she had told me during my previous labors. During Isaac's labor, yeah. Take it slow, breathe, 
you know, and just like... So she was coaching you without being there. Right. It was sort of like, okay. It was like I had her on my shoulders Thank somehow. Thank you, Brandy. It was just a God thing. <laughs> anyway. And so Jacob, um, I'm in there just um, feeling like pushing a little bit. And Jacob is going out to wave down the EMTs. He comes back in the bathroom and boom, there's the baby. I the, had, the baby was already there. Yeah. So she delivered this baby by herself. Yes. <laughs> and so this baby comes down into the water. Yeah. And then you slowly bring him up out of the water because you'd watched right. water births during this pregnancy and knew right. that he needed to be completely submerged. I had this crazy fascination with it. Slow, yeah. Yes. It was yeah, home water birth. It's totally God. Um, slowly bringing him up. You bring him up to your chest. Mm-hmm. He's not crying yet. And he's that typical kind of little right. bit of blue because that's you right. know, how they Jacob are. Jacob pops in and he's like, oh, Baby, I thought you were pushing. I didn't realize you. he was coming. I was like, well, that's what I meant. <laughs> He's like, okay, I got to go. But help the, the doula is, is coaching like, you. And you're yes. saying, hey, he's not really responding yet. At Thumbs that up. point, that could be such a scary thing after everything you've been through. But it tell us was. what happened. Well, what happened was, yeah, I, let's see, I I saw him. He came out into the water and I just came, brought him up slowly. I was trying to be careful of any cord, you right. know, making sure nothing was wrapped around him. But yeah, he looked very blue and he was very relaxed. And that actually really scared me. Right. Um, but that's not uncommon in a water birth. Right. For a baby to be completely right. relaxed. And um, because it just kind of feels sometimes the same. Sometimes even born sleep. I was right. asleep, asleep, not not. I was sleeping, also told that sometimes when a baby comes quickly, it can shock them. Mm. They can be in a bit of a shock. And so they're they kind of still think they're inside right, or something. Right, um, right, right. Pulled him up, and um, I immediately kind of started freaking out because I was, like, talking with the duel. I'm like, he's not making any sounds. He's not He's not breathing. He looks really blue. He was, you know, blue. He wasn't super blue. Right. Um, but she's like, but okay. But you're having flashbacks. I am, like, trying really hard not to completely freak out. And I was like, I hadn't seen a baby that blue since my right, first baby right, had passed right, away. Right. So it really triggered something in me that I just... But you had to stay I had there. to stay there for his... And focus. Yeah, and focus. And she said, get him on, hold him, rub his back really hard. And so I'm rubbing his back and patting his little bum. And, and he just starts pinking up and crying. crying and oh. lets out a few cries. But he was just very... He was calm, and he started picking up, and she's walking me through all this on the phone. And but what a um, feeling to yeah. have to hold this baby who isn't quite all the way there yet. Yeah. And instead of you know, like with Isaac, he was gone, and with Will, life just it came out. It was of him. one of the most redeeming moments of my entire life to you know pull my baby, basically deliver my baby by myself, pull him onto my chest, and start and rubbing him and have him start crying and breathing mm-hmm. was mm-hmm. just. It was the scariest moment, but it was the most triumphant moment right. ever. And God <laughs> and only God can plan that. The fact that Jacob wasn't in the room, there's nothing else to focus on except this moment with you and God and Will. And just all that came into that moment was just such a culmination of And his little eyes just opened up and blinked around, looking around, and I'm just like... I can't believe that just happened. <laughs> what just happened? Okay, so meanwhile, back at the ranch, mom has no idea what's going on, right? She knows her daughter left. Maybe she was in labor, maybe she wasn't, but they were a little busy and cook 
couldn't really communicate. Yeah. So I'm just praying my guts out, and I've got people praying. And we had decided and at this point that Jacob would be in charge of updates so that I could right. just relax. Which is what she needed. Focus. But in the meantime, I'm not in the know of what's going on, and I'm having to trust, and I'm having to pray. And at one point, I just have to share this because as a mom, this was just such a sweet moment. I was, I mean, I did was the whole, the Holy Spirit was in the room, you know, it was, it was that kind of praying where I was just interceding on her behalf and asking God to work on her behalf. And also just, um, all of a sudden as I'm in this, in this deep into this prayer, praying over your labor, the words from that song, uh, no longer slaves, um, this is what came to mind is that, that God wanted me to pray over and I did loudly and clearly was that you split the sea so she could walk right through it. Her fears are drowned in perfect love. You rescued her so she can stand and sing, I am a child of God. And the interesting thing was, I mean, I mean, it was a powerful moment. Yeah. And I told you about it later and you said, Mom, that is exactly what was going through my mm-hmm. mind. That and was my song. I was just like that. Year. I had no idea that I had no idea, and just to feel that, like, it was just so amazing to to know that as believers and as a mom, we're 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 just we're connected in this just supernatural way that only God can do. Only God can bring that exact line mm-hmm. to my head and have me pray that over you. And I just really think there was just a lot of power in that. And I know that his presence was just filled your house. It really did. And it was like those words kept kind of resonating in the Mm -hmm. back of my mind Mm -hmm. as I was dealing with this. And I knew, you know, just that, okay, God, whatever happens, happens. Right. And it was there was a lot of free falling moments. Right. But also believing that he could he could split that sea so you could walk right through it. And that's right. exactly what he did. <laughs> and so I think a, a few weeks later, you said something about, oh, and I know you were a little nervous about something or hesitant. And I'm like, woman, you delivered your own child. You can do anything. And she's like, you're right. <laughs> Obviously, anything God wants you to right, do. Right. But it was like, you know, you you. there's a strength there. There's a redemption there that, um, that only God can bring right you know for lack of a better word empowered is a you get well, the idea but it's an empowerment that comes from god it's from his spirit well and it doesn't mean that there's no fear it's exactly. actually the very height of fear it is because there were the main thing went going through my head with when pushing when it came to delivering will was what if i have a seizure and we're home alone mm-hmm. and i had to basically just throw that to the back of my mind and go God, if I have a seizure, I have a seizure. Right, right. You know, I am in your Instead hands. Instead of running from it, you just faced it. And, head you know, to head, and, toe to toe but it, it allowed me to really just keep, you know, because mm-hmm. having a baby, there's a lot of pressure on your head. Right. It was making me feel nervous and anxious. And I finally was like, you know what? If something hap- horrible happens to me or the baby, God, it's just, it's in your hands. Right. I am leaving exactly. it all in your hands. Exactly. And, and the same, and then literally a few minutes later when Will was born and he was blue, it was, okay, God, even if things are not okay, mm-hmm. it will be okay. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And that wow. allowed me to go, all right, tell me what to do. And she said, rub him, get him. And he yeah. was crying and it was just the most redemptive thing ever. Mm, that is amazing. So there you go, guys. That is the story of Will, and he is just, 
he's an amazing little guy. He was alert and so inter- interactive with his eyes from like the very beginning. Yeah, he, he was smiling within a few days of birth. Oh, it was crazy. Three days later, he's crazy. smiling back he's at us. He's the happiest little guy. But And uh, the best thing ever, too, I will say, was we didn't tell them that the baby had come. And we... Uh, Invited us over for a barbecue the yeah, next day. So everybody... <laughs> And it was just the best thing ever. We had everybody over, and we had me and Will on our bed in our bedroom, and uh, we're like, "Hey, you all should come over for a barbecue." And we didn't do fireworks on Fourth of July, so let's do so that. So let's at just our eat house. together. So we're like, "Okay." So we go over there, and we have no idea that she's had the baby. Yeah. And so uh, Jacob is just smooth as butter. You know, he's like, "Hey, you know, I think Brittany has a question for you. She's laying down on the bed. If you, she's waking up from a nap. If you yeah. can go in there, she has a couple questions." I'm like, "Okay." So I walk in, and I mean, I'm looking at her face because she's my daughter. I want to know how is she doing. Uh-huh. Not realizing initially that there's a baby in her arms. <laughs> and so uh, it took a while for me to wrap oh, my head around all oh, the wonderful. joy and just seeing him and seeing her and just, oh, goodness, amazing. and hearing the story. And so we got to play that little trick on several family members as they yes. arrived at different times. Come so on over. It was a great, it was amazing. So, um, <laughs> but I think the most important thing that we want you moms to know who are listening. Um, is that you can listen to um, your instinct as a mom. And what I, we mean by that is being prayerful. Mm-hmm. You can be prayerful and know that God is going to speak to your mom heart, whether it's about birth, whether it's about homeschooling, whether it's about parenting issues, whether it's about, you know, whatever it is, God w- is faithful and he will give you direction. James 1 says it. If we lack wisdom, we just need to ask him, yes. but we have to believe and not doubt. Otherwise, we're going to be blown around like a wave of the sea. Um, and we don't want that. And the other things that I, I one of some of the things that I, I want to get across here are, um, that we're not telling you to take risks, um, no. that you're not convinced are the direction that God has for you. But at the same time, don't make assumptions based on fear. And don't right. assume that everybody else is right and there's no, uh, there's nothing um, to the little rumblings and little still small voice that you're hearing right. inside. Right. Follow what you think God is telling you to do wholeheartedly. Exactly. And don't let fear have a, any part of that. Right. God is going to honor your free fall into his trust. Yeah. He, he really will. is. And and it's just you'll just learn so much from it. It's just amazing. It it it, it is. And so I just want to um did you have something else you wanted to share? Oh, just that, you know, you don't need to be afraid of fear. Mm. You don't need to be afraid of fear. <laughs> I like that. Don't be afraid of fear. We should make a t-shirt well, out of that. Sometimes we start to feel that and it just sort of spirals us down, paralyzes us. Right. And I just found out that I don't need to be afraid of fear because every time there's fear, God is right there. Mm. I don't mm-hmm. need to be afraid of fear because that's where I meet him mm-hmm. every single time. Mm-hmm. And his grace is sufficient. If his grace is sufficient in loss mm-hmm. and death, his grace is sufficient for anything. Mm. Amen. <laughs> Amen. So, Brittany, thank you so much for being here and for oh, taking the time to, to tell the story. We have to sort of like fit it in with kids' naps and nursing times. And, oh, my um, goodness. Thank you, yes. Lord, for this this time together. But this really is his story. God is the author of all of our stories. And it's a gift to be able to step back and see how he has weaved his love and grace so beautifully into something that no one would ever choose to walk through. <laughs> 
Um, I love what our friend Brandy said when we lost Isaac, that this was a beautiful gift wrapped in a really ugly package. And she was so right. Mm -hmm. It's been a beautiful gift. Mm -hmm. I've also been really inspired as a mom and as a, a sister in the Lord by your courage and your faith. And instead of running the other direction, you pressed even harder into God's sovereignty and goodness. So thank you for that. All right, we're going to go ahead and pray, you guys. Lord, we thank you for this time together. We thank you for the power of your redeeming name. Um, We thank you for the power of your redeeming nature. Lord, you are all about taking what Satan means for evil and using it for good. So, Father God, I pray over these moms who are listening, whether it's in the area of birth or their marriage or homeschooling or parenting or other relationships or financial difficulties, God, I ask that this story would bring inspiration and hope and just an understanding And the courage to not be afraid of fear. I really love that, Lord. You are with us wherever we go, Father. There is no place that we can go that you cannot and won't meet us there, Lord. You will meet us there. And so we invite you into those places in our lives that need you, that need your redemption, that need your healing, that need your presence, Father God. We invite you in. Lord, come by the power of your Holy Spirit and bring healing, bring redemption, God. Bring that change and that that. Uh, healing that only you can bring. Lord, we love you and we thank you for your faithfulness. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen.